You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 15 of To the Show We Go with Ed Hand and myself, Andrew Parker. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check out episode 14, uh, we had Nizan Zanatello, second round pick of the Red Sox this past year. Um, he is a good story in himself. He's a St. Louis kid, so he's already one of my favorites. Um, he kind of talked about his love for emos and uh, toasted raviolis, just all the St. Louis stuff. But then he also dove into what it was like as an 18-year-old in affiliate ball for the first time. So definitely check that one out. Um, I have, speaking of St. Louis and Missouri, I have a Mizzou Tiger on the show right now. And Josh Lester. Josh, how did your season go for you this year? It was a good one. Uh, started off really well. Got some, got to check off some boxes, some big league hits and RBIs and whatnot. And Ended up winning the AAA National Championship or whatever they're advertising it as. But all in all, it was, it was pretty good from start to finish. And did you uh, – I, I saw you early in, during the season. Uh, it's toward the end, end of the year. Um, and Norfolk came into Worcester and absolutely – I think it may have been – was it a six-game sweep or – I think we won five. Yeah, I I remember going into Chad Tracy's office before and then some games after, and he was just like, I have no idea what to do. Like, was that team just – how was playing on that team? It was unbelievable. We called it on-deck purgatory because <laughs> no matter where you hit in the lineup, you were getting five, maybe a sixth at bat every night. I mean, I think – especially at the beginning of the year when we had Ryan O'Hearn, who was in AAA with us for a little while. We had Jordan Westberg, Colton Kowser. I mean, we I, we opened the season in Durham, who Durham is, for the most part, especially lately, probably the best AAA team as a whole in the last few years. I think they went to the championship three years in a row, won it twice. I mean, we went in there in the first three games of the season, and it was, like, non-competitive. I think we won all three games by, like, five or more, and it was just, like, we. every team thinks they're good when they start the year, right? You, you look around you, you're like, oh, this team's got a chance to be really good, so-and-so, we got all these guys. And then to walk in there and just, like, kind of just throw it down and walk away with three pretty easy and comfortable wins to start off the year, and it was like, okay – we are pretty good. Yeah, you guys kind of kind of were a who's who of uh, talent, which I guess is the Orioles system in general these days. But there's one guy that I know a lot of people ask about that came up towards the end of the year, and that's um, that's Holiday. Uh, how polished is that kid, and what was it like? Like, like what was it like playing with him, Jackson Holiday? It's, it's very obvious, even outside of like the baseball skills that he grew up in a baseball family. I mean, everything that he does, it's like, like he belongs and not that he doesn't because he obviously does. He's one of the most talented people I've ever seen, but he's 19. I mean, like he was 19 playing with, we had a kid, a guy on our team that was 36. I mean, you're looking at, you're in a locker room with a guy that's almost 20 years older than you. But if you walked in there and outside of him looking young, you'd never know it. And that was the most impressive thing to me is like, obviously, which I saw him in spring training in big league camp and he absolutely put on a show there and the guy can do everything on the baseball field that anybody else can. But for him to walk in and like play with guys that are almost 20 years older than him, like I'm 10 years older than he is. And it not even, he doesn't even bat an eye. And like, that was the most impressive thing to me. Now, are you from a baseball family also? I know you were on – you you won a Little League World Series. So you, you've you been at this for a long time. Um, is, was, was that something that was very much within your family? Yeah, my dad is a uh, pirate scout. He's an amateur scout on the Pirates with the Pirates. He does uh, national cross-checking. But he's been doing that since before I was born. And he played up until double-A with the Padres – 
like won a double A batting title with the Padres. Had a pretty significant like knee injury back when you could slide into people at second base. He was playing middle infield and tore up his knee and kind of never was the same. He still has problems in it now, but like yeah, it's I've been in a baseball family since I came out of the womb, so it it kind of was in my blood, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, at a, when we interviewed Josh last off season, Chris found the photo of him as a little league world series and put it as the picture. So I was like, all right, I'm going to save him on that one and <laughs> we won't resurface the photo for you. <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about your time in the big leagues this year. Um, you got the chance to play on the Orioles team that ended up winning the division and winning over a hundred games. Uh, what was it like when you were in the MLB clubhouse this year with the Orioles? It was awesome. I mean, that group of guys getting to go to big league camp with them, like a full big league camp with those guys. I was with them for what, six weeks in camp. Got to know a bunch of those guys. Knew Adam Frazier a little bit um, prior to. Knew a few of the guys. We played against them when I was in Erie and a bunch of the guys were in Bowie kind of coming up. So going to camp with a bunch of guys that I kind of knew of and knew of each other helped a lot. And then like getting to the big leagues, it was like just normal almost. And Kyle Gibson being there was awesome. Um, I was actually up there right when they hired Carrick as the new baseball coach. And we were pumped about that. So we were, we were in there talking in the locker room every day about what they were going to do before they did that. And cause I guess they called Kyle and was kind of asking them like the direction that, they needed to go things. I guess they do a lot of the alumni, significant alumni, at least they call and, and talk about it. But I mean, being in that locker room was so fun. And I think when I was up there for the month of June, pretty much we were probably six, seven games over 500, eight games over 500 in a 24 day span. We did a lot of winning. So forget, I mean, forget just getting into games there. You pitched. You pitched and you struck a guy out. Um, so I've got, I've got, I've got a, a a big question here. Who did you strike out? Shout out to Jared Kellenick. Uh, that's not exactly a nobody. So you struck out. Yes. Jared Kel- was it? Was it? Um, what did? What did you throw him? What was like the pitch that you used to finish him off? Sixty-two at the knees. It does wonders. <laughs> I think it was so. My first batter. The first batter was. I think it was Tommy Murphy. Is he the backup catcher in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. He had a pretty good, pretty good offensive season there, Murphy. Yeah. So the first batter I faced was him. Like the second pitch, he hits it like 130 off like you know where the wall, the Baltimore out in the corner where they have like the splash zone. Yeah, he yeah. hit it probably as far as you could possibly hit this ball and it not be a home run. And I mean it sounded like a shotgun went off. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God. And this is the first time I've ever pitched in pro ball. Like, never pitched in the minor leagues, never anything since I was, like, a freshman in high school. And the first ball that I throw, I think it was the second ball I throw, first ball hit was just shot out of a cannon. I was like, oh, God, I might be out here for a while. And then it was like, (laughs) forget who else I faced. Mike Ford popped up. Somebody else popped up and then Kellenick struck out and I walked J-Rod, which was probably smart considering like three yeah. weeks later, he hit 45 home runs on pretty much the same pitch I threw in the home run derby. <laughs> I was pretty much tossing I, up his home run derby pitchers pitches, so I'm glad I walked him. Yeah, I was going to say it might have been a smart intentional walk, it, intentional walk yeah. on your part, but I yeah, like it. It's one of those things that's so weird because I was legitimately like I would throw it and I would react if they swung. Like I'd like flinch with my glove, trying to make sure I didn't get just drilled. But it, it was funny. It was fun. I mean, I, it was hard to laugh because we were getting beat like fourteen to nothing. But I was trying not to laugh. But I wanted to laugh on the inside when I struck Kellenick out. If you haven't pitched since high school, how did they decide that you're the guy that's going to go out there to throw? Because I feel like it's a different person on every team. And, like, it was Pablo Reyes for the Red Sox this year. But how how did you get the honor of doing that? It's definitely uh, probably the lowest person on the totem pole. (laughs) That's I mean, honestly, like, that's what it was. I mean, I was a minor league free agent. Like, 
sign. I ended up getting option the next morning. So I always joke the rest of the year. I joked, I, I ran out of pitches, so they need to send me down to get another pitcher up there. But I think, I mean, it's, everybody's got that guy like that extra infielder or extra outfielder that one, they probably trust to throw the ball over the plate. So you're not going to sit there and walk 30 people. And two, you're, you're not one of their main guys. Yeah, I always I was very curious on how they decided that, but um, well, because Pablo is, is similar. He was a I think he was a minor league free agent last year, or maybe a trade. Oh yeah, he's been a journeyman for a while. He kind of just yeah. got he got he he got hot at the right time for the Red Sox, but he he bounced yeah, around yeah. quite a bit when they got him. He was um, I, I don't think he was even starting at uh, for Reno. I think he was on the bench there. Yeah, because he was in Nashville uh, two seasons ago. We played him a bunch when I was with Toledo. And so, I mean, I think it's just, one, they don't have as much invested in you or me. Like, I was a minor league free agent. These guys didn't know who I was, really. And the only other guys on the bench were a couple other of their, like, prospects, and they weren't going to throw them out there just in case something happened. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it, it makes sense, honestly. Um, I used to always think it was the backup catcher for some reason because I thought back in the day, like, wasn't Plawecki like the guy like back in the day for the Red Sox or? Yeah, Plawecki had, uh, yeah, Plawecki did get a few innings. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, in, I was always back curious. Back in the day that. as he still plays. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like, yeah, that's true. No, I know, I know <laughs> what you mean. This is more more credit to how long he's been playing baseball in pro ball. Oh, yeah. Than anything, I mean, he's been around a long time. When he stopped by the Red Sox, man, he, he, everybody loved him in Boston. I mean, everybody loved him. Uh, when he got DFA'd, it was like a sad day for a lot of people. And it's like, all right. like I've never uh, seen so many fans pissed off about like the backup catcher getting yeah. DFA'd. It was, <laughs> yeah. that was, yeah. but I mean, I get it. Cause he also hit really well the year before he was the guy who did the shop. He was like behind the shopping cart and all of that yeah. stuff. And the uh, dancing on my own. That was yeah. him that put that in there. Yeah. Oh, no, um, it's a glue guy right there. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. All right, so <laughs> I, I want to ask you, just kind of piggyback on the major league time that you had. Um, you came up the year prior and actually made your debut when you were with Detroit. Um, how different was it this time? Or obviously, you stayed longer, but how other than that, like, what was the big difference? Like, were you more prepared for that call up? I was like, okay, I've been up there. I've at least had an at bat. Like, I know, like, I know how, what it feels like. Yeah, no doubt. I think a lot of it was like I didn't. So last year, I didn't get a hit or anything to to get that out of the box. But getting in the box, taking, uh, getting defensive ground balls and stuff like in the game was made it so much easier just to like slow down this year. And obviously like checking off the first hits a big deal. And like, obviously the emotions were still going pretty good, but like, I think last year just kind of, even just knowing what to expect my body to feel like when I was getting in the box was a big deal this year. And then obviously like the vibes in the Orioles clubhouse this year were just immaculate. I mean, it was, it helps to win a hundred games obviously, but just at that point, we're playing well, and it was just kind of like next man up. Who is it? And I showed up, and my first hit was with the bases loaded and two RBIs and kind of just worked my way right in there. And I think from then on, they were just like, all right, here we go. And when you I talked to you – oh, you go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I. you might have talked to Parker about this already, but I, I, I don't know. Um you played for a while in the minors before getting that call up when you were 27. Um, what was that conversation like? I feel like that's such an important moment. And for some people, it's like I heard like with Sedan Rafaela didn't get it the first three times because he was playing video games with his brother. So he had to call back Chad Tracy, who was like, you're going up, dude. Um, what was the what was the conversation like for you? And do you still remember that feeling? Oh, absolutely. So the first time was probably what every player would dream of. Like manager took me out of a, a game in Rochester, New York, and like took me in the tunnel in the dugout and acted like he was mad at me. And I was like, you can't really be mad at me. I just hit a home run. Like, what am I, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and, but like, and then all my buddies, when they 
all the coaches told them when they took me down. And so like everybody came down, congratulated me. Like, I feel like when you're dreaming of going to the big leagues, it's like with all your friends, which I guess Rafaela with his brother on the other end of the video games, that's pretty cool. But like the first time was amazing. And then this time was at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I was asleep, but the manager had said, cause they were in San Francisco. And so the big league game wasn't going to end until 1 a.m. But they took they took me out of the lineup right before the game, and they told one of the pitchers that he wasn't going to pitch. And so I guess depending on how the game went was whether they were going to call a position player up or a pitcher if they needed somebody to cover a bunch of innings. But I guess they didn't, and they called me up. So I got a phone call at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning and got on a plane at like 7.30. Wow. And went out Both to the West Coast. Exciting. Both very exciting phone calls, but the one in the dugout and it being the first time and with everybody around is obviously like a dream come true. What did your parents say when you told them? Um, it was funny. The first time I'd always joked with my fiance and I was like, if you ever get a FaceTime from me, that's like you, my mom, my dad, my sister, it's either really good or really bad. And so I called all of them from the locker room and they, I mean, they all knew immediately. My mom was actually in the stands the first time, um, which was really cool. Oh man. That's amazing. Yeah. That was really cool. And she got to come like around and she was freaking out because she didn't know anything. And they, I got pinch hit for like pretty quickly. And so they took me out of the game obviously. And she was like, what's going on? Why is he not in the game? And I called her and got her come down in the hallway and stuff. So it was, it was really cool. And when I talked to you last off season, um, I think you, you were going into your first off season, I think of free agency in your, in your career, I think. Second. Um, so, second. Well, first, like, I don't know, second technically, but I re-signed with the Tigers the year before that pretty quickly. So it was really like my first of like open market free agency. And so now you're going into your second one and were you, did it like at all, was it on your mind at all as you were going through the season that you're like, okay, like I'm going to, you know, I, I might be playing for, you know, just trying to do the best I can because I might be somewhere else next year. Was that ever on your mind? Um, Absolutely. And I mean, I feel like it's, I've never been that guy that was on any of the prospect lists or anything like that. And I feel like, ever since I got drafted, it's kind of been the same way. Like I've been playing for a job since I got drafted. What, I mean, it was with the same organization. I was trying to like move up or get playing time. Like I didn't start on opening day with the Tigers until I was on the double A roster. Like I was never kind of guaranteed that spot on a team. So I I think it's kind of just a different way of the same thing coming up with the Tigers, like having to, really work my way into a lineup and then into like progressing. And so I think it was similar. It was just kind of more external than internal. Now you, um, you got, you, you've been, you've had two trips to the majors so far. Has it lived up to your expectations of what, not necessarily the competition, but just the lifestyle, um, like with planes and hotels and that stuff, what you get to eat? Has it been, has it lived up to your expectation and what has been the biggest difference between AAA and the majors there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been probably more than what you could imagine and what my expectations were. Um, the first time, my first game in L.A., uh, we got in and out catered to the stadium. So that is one thing that doesn't happen too often in uh, AAA. But, I mean, the best the best part about it is just how easy the travel is. I mean, other than, other than the actual, like, on-field everything, big leagues is the big leagues. But the travel, I mean, you take a bus to the plane. You hop off the bus. You walk straight onto the plane. You get off the plane. You get on the bus. You're at the hotel. I mean, it's just like so easy. Whereas AAA, you're flying at five o'clock in the morning, standing in security at four o'clock in the morning at random airports in Nashville and Des Moines, Iowa. 
places like that. I mean, it's just like, like you get treated very, very well in the big leagues. So it's like AAA, you're just like a working stiff like like me or Parker. But when you get brought to the majors, you're a VIP. See, when I got called up to AAA for the first time, though, the difference from AAA to AA is pretty significant as well. Interesting. How like, so? In kind of the same ways. Like in, in AA with the Tigers, we obviously, we would bus everywhere. Like we would bus from Erie to Portland and play. You just bust through the night on a regular charter bus. Like it was brutal. And then, I mean, you go to AAA and it's in the locker rooms, like the clubhouse guys do so much more, I feel like, in AAA than AA. Um, I think it's partly because you have a lot of big league guys going back and forth in AAA. They're kind of not expected to do more, but the big league guys are used to them doing more and they know yeah, that they become a, they become accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Right. And those guys will probably tip you a little more if, if you treat them well. And so they get that way, especially with the guys with some money, but it's just like, you should get treated a little bit better at every level. And I felt like the jump from double A AA to triple A was big. And then the jump from triple A to the big leagues was even bigger. So now I'm curious, uh, give me an example on you going from Norfolk to play in Worcester this year. Like how how was we like flew, we went. So Norfolk's got a a decent airport. Like it's got a a solid little airport. It's not massive. It's not tiny. It worked really well for us. It was like twenty minutes from the ballpark, which was really easy too. So we flew. I want to say we flew Monday night at like seven to Providence and Providence we drove down. That's the biggest problem too with the minor league or triple A at least is like a lot of the cities don't have their own airport. At least if it's big, like every city you go to in the big leagues has a massive airport, but most of our travel was pretty easy this year in triple A. It was just the hours of it were not always the best. We had a lot of early morning Mondays, and obviously Monday being the off day, you just show up and you sleep your off day away instead of being able to do something. Yeah, I kind of learned that this past year with uh, just kind of asking some of the guys, like, what do you do on Mondays? But most of the time it was travel days. So um, it's it's kind of bizarre. When I was with Toledo, the travel, we played a lot more teams close to us. And we traveled by bus a lot more. Like Louisville was only like four hours. Columbus was two, if that. So like we would come home on Sunday nights a lot. This year we would wait and fly home on Monday mornings. So like even Do if you, you go and- home Sunday night, like even if you get home late, you sleep in and you you got at least half of your off day. If you sleep till 10, 11, you got half your off day still on Monday. This This year it was like wake up at – four o'clock in the morning and get on a bus to the airport and then get home at two o'clock in the afternoon. What a schedule. Ed, what were you uh, going with? I was going to just ask, do you enjoy that aspect of it? Not necessarily the like waking up at four in the morning part. I don't think anybody enjoys being on such a rigid cycle, but with the with the actual travel part, just going from town to town and seeing all different parts of the country, is that something that you've gotten to enjoy? And um, like, what's the best what's the best part of that? Yeah, I think it's one. I feel like the spending the time with the guys, not at the baseball field, is sometimes like really nice. Obviously, I mean, if it's four o'clock in the morning, no one really wants to be there. But like, I feel like when when all is said and done, done playing baseball, done everything, like I feel like the on-field baseball stuff is definitely going to be a memory, but I feel like the biggest memories are going to be like the guys in the locker room while we're traveling, like all the stories and stuff like that more than more than anything. So I think that's like an awesome thing to kind of consider. Like I've gotten a lot more thoughtful about it in the last few years, trying to enjoy those times, even if it is like, kind of terrible circumstances like we've had we had some terrible terrible travel days but even with that like being able to enjoy the time with those guys is is key and there's some decent uh, cities that we go to 
What's like a good? Um, oh, sorry. Uh, just really quickly. What's a good low key city that like you wouldn't expect to really love, but has, like you've really liked? Hmm. Buffalo, maybe. Interesting. Buffalo. Would you like well, about we, it? So we finished the season there. Bunch of guys. It's right there at Niagara Falls. Um, great food. I guess that's about where my list ends. Um, <laughs> all the good, I mean, all the good cities I feel like you would you would know are good cities. Like Nashville is obviously awesome. Charlotte's awesome. Durham's really fun. Yeah, Charlotte's really cool. Um, Jacksonville's okay. Where the hotel is is fun. It's just always 135 degrees there. Yeah, that sounds like Florida. <laughs> Memphis was brutal. Um, just like the weather like or the Worcester. city itself. Just where we where we were set up and like the atmosphere. No one really came to the games and and stuff like that. It was just not uh, a great gotcha. trip. Did you actually say Worcester was okay? I don't mind it where the hotel is. We stay at the uh, the Hampton kind of downtownish. Yeah, the city's gotten like a nice like they they've built it up in recent years. I mean, obviously, where the stadium is it itself is really nice too. That's all. That's all brand new though. Worcester for uh, back when they were the Indy League uh, Worcester Tornadoes, um, they, it, it wasn't as it wasn't as nice. Gotcha. Yeah, because we walked down a lot of my a lot of my takes on the cities are based off of like food and places right. that are like walkable to eat, and there's like few sports bars downtown in Worcester. Um, I think there's even like a Ruth's Chris. I didn't yeah. go there, but there's, we went and walk, we'd walk around and go eat. And like, that's the biggest thing to me as like a player is I don't get a lot of time to go do a lot, but I get time to go eat. And so like, that's a key number one to the cities that I go to. I was just looking at your, does it ever like do you ever sit and think to yourself you're like i've you've hit 142 home runs in your minor league career is that i mean that's a ton of home runs so like what what do you do you ever just look at that and be like holy cow like i have hit quite a few you know what's crazy is i didn't i don't think i hit more than like 10 in my first like three or four years and then no, like you, did, I, you had I, one year where you hit um you hit 13 for the first time in uh 2017 but yeah your first couple seasons it was like three yeah, so, two, and three yeah it was like three not not a ton yeah so i got drafted in 15 and hit like two or three and which that was short season so that was like 100 at bats probably um yeah and i would i did like a whole swing renovation after that 2016 season and 2017 was like the start of it and then 2018 i think i hit 21 19 was like 32 i think or nine i think 19 was 19 and then yeah 21 was 32 and then like 29 and so they've most of them have come like the last five or so years four or five years but one of my hitting coaches that I had with the Tigers for like four years is Mike Hessman, and he's the minor league home run king with 433. So my 142 doesn't stack up too much to that guy. I'd want to say there's still time, but I also would want you to be. I'd want you to be in the majors for uh, for some of that. Yeah, I don't know that um, I'll be around long enough to hit 300 more. That's true. You got to be pretty good to be able to play. It's like it's like. I don't know if this is the best analogy, but it's like you have to be a pretty good pitcher to lose 20 games because they have to keep throwing you out every five days. That's true. So you got to be a got... pretty good hitter to get that many in, uh, in the yeah. minors. I used to give him crap about it because he spent, I don't know how many years in the PCL and hitting in that air, and he would hit like 45 to 50 homers in AAA. And I'm like, that's not fair. I'm over here hitting in Toledo where it's negative four for the first three months of the season. <laughs> You ever you ever think of signing with a West Coast team just to give your stats that boost for a year? So the first time I'd ever hit out there was in the championship. And like we took BP in Vegas and it was just I mean, it was a cheat code. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Because that's something that I've always wondered. Like the numbers always show it. 
but like, is do you, but you really do feel that difference? Yeah, I mean, Vegas is the only one I can speak on because it's the only one I've been at. But like, balls that, I mean, balls that you hit good, not great, look like they were hit great. And obviously, balls that you hit great are home runs pretty much everywhere. But I just feel like there's those ones that you just miss, but out there, like they're still home runs. I, I did want to ask you this. I didn't want to ask you right after the series, and it just came to my mind um, after the series when you were in town in Worcester. Were you just being nice? And and... Went, uh, 0 for 35 until the first <laughs> until Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I was. I, I think I turned. I think I asked Tyler Murray on like Friday or something, and I'm like, "Is is Josh just being nice because you're calling his games?" And like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know what was going he on did, that uh, week. He did hit it with the. That's his first hit of the game or first hit of the week when I hit the home run on Sunday, and I was like, "Oh, you could have left that one out of the home run call." <laughs> We thought you were being nice because uh, you were like, okay, like I, I talked to these guys and, you know, they're here, but uh, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> no, you was were like dominating all season, all season long. And then you got to Worcester and it was like, holy cow. I think that was that was just a tough week. And we all go through it, hitters. I mean, it's it's life. It happens. Try not to yeah, let it let no. last six days, but it did in this that moment so it'll be all right yeah no i mean it's obviously i looked at your numbers for the season and you know you were i think at the beginning of the year you were leading the league in home runs for like a a week or two um triple yeah so i hit three the second game of the season and that helped yeah that'll give you a nice boost um I, i did have a question though so you're a you're a free agent now so what what type of like I guess when when now that you're in your second official free agency, the first one doesn't really count because you resigned pretty quickly. But what kind of things did you learn from the first time around that when you went through it last offseason going from Detroit to Baltimore? Like, have you have you kind of picked up some things? You're like, OK, like I'm going to, you know, maybe wait for a certain opportunity or how how is your mindset, I guess, going into this offseason? Oh, yeah. Another another year in AAA helps too. um playing a lot of the teams obviously you got the west coast teams that we didn't play but like playing a lot of teams in the international league because that's kind of where the depth is like teams like let's say the braves who have like a matt olsen and an austin riley at two of the positions that i'm a main a main player for like who do they have behind them kind of thing like would i be in a spot with a team that let's say Olsen pulls up with a hamstring one day, like would I be in a spot that I'm the guy that goes to the big leagues to replace him kind of thing. And I think that like looking at that, as opposed to looking at a big league roster as, as much is kind of where I'm looking this year. Um, I don't see myself like walking into a starting job in the big leagues, but if I can compete in spring training for like a bench spot or at least put a good impression on like in camp that, Hey, if someone, so-and-so gets hurt, pulls a hamstring, whatever, because injuries always happen. You never hope they happen, but I mean, realistically they happen all the time. And just to be in a spot where like I'm getting every day at bats in triple a and with a chance to like kind of maybe Pablo Reyes type season, like you get hot at the right time and something happens and you get up there and you stick. And that's obviously the goal is to, not just get to the big leagues, but stick in the big leagues. And so I think that's that's kind of the thing is is just being a little more and not that I wasn't prepared last year, but prepared in like a specific area of these teams, whether it's like the farm system or like who would be in triple A or who would be that next guy that almost that four A guy, who would that be for certain organizations? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because it does sound a lot like how anybody would approach a job change. Like, okay, where can I bolster my career next? Like that's gotta, that's gotta, that's a major part of it. But um, if you had the choice though, you're either going to a contender where you have a shot at getting called up, like, like the Braves that you said, like somebody, like, you know, you're not making, you're probably not making the opening day roster. 
but this is a contender. This is like one of the best four teams in the league or something. Would you rather go there or to a team where you feel like you have a shot at cracking the 26 man, or you'll be like one of those first two guys called up with an injury? I'd rather go to a team that I'd be in the big leagues either this <laughs> year or ASAP. I mean, obviously like winning a world series or getting the chance to do that would be amazing. But I think that being in the big leagues with a team as opposed to like being in AAA and maybe not getting to the big leagues with a contender, I'd rather be able to be in the big leagues and play and, and prove myself. And I mean, obviously getting paid big league money doesn't hurt, but like being there and being able to like prove yourself and show that you can do that and, and play in the big leagues would be the best. That is a very pragmatic answer that I appreciate. Now, if the Braves the Braves hits a little more close to home because I grew up going to Braves games at the old stadium, and and so like the Braves would be would be really cool to even just for that chance to be in the big leagues with like the team that I grew up watching would be really cool. All right. Well, speaking of your where you're from, I got some I got some random questions here. Um, so I just want to. It's time. Are, are, are you right? gonna ask him? Are you gonna ask him the one that you always ask? I have to because I didn't ask him this last time I talked to him, and now I've every single guy now that I've talked to, I'm like, I want to know what he thinks about it because I think I'm, we need to. Talk, everybody's I think just got a different answer. Totals. Everybody's got a different answer. So, so far, I we're, we're three different ones, three different questions. Yeah, there's there's literally been there is a wrong answer to this, Josh. So you. Just right. now, you got me nervous. What is, what's the wrong? Oh, it's answer? pretty. It's pretty easy. Oh, I'll tell him after he answers because I want to. I think he might answer <laughs> what I think he will because of where he's from and where he went to college. Um, what is, all right, fine. What is the best <laughs> fried chicken fast food place? Zaxby's yes. or, Ch- or Chick Fil A. You Ooh, consider yes. that the no, fried no, no, chicken no. fast food. Just say Zaxby's and leave it at that. I I Zaxby's. knew that was coming. That's the right answer to that. And I've gotten so to, many guys. When I lived at uh when I lived at home a few I lived at home my first few off seasons, and I would so the gym that I would go to is like catty cornered from a Zaxby's, and so every Sunday I would go work out and get just a big chicken finger plate and a large sweet tea and take it home and watch football. And I would just sit there for like 30 minutes and sit there and eat my Zaxby's and get ready for football Sunday. Oh, man. I, Zaxby's is my true love. Um, I had to put it in my Twitter bio yesterday because I, I was tired of hearing like everything else but Zaxby's. I'm like, this is a premiere. I promise you. It is just so much better, man. It's better in the South, too. Like, I used to go to the – there's two in Columbia. So I used to go there's to the one – yeah, there is. Um, I think they added the second one like 2016, maybe. Yeah, I was going. Um, it's like way off campus, though. It's it's like a little off. And I used to go there. I used to have to like. I was like, screw it. It's worth the drive. And my mom used to give me like hundred dollar gift cards at Zaxby's because she knew I freaking love that stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, it's it's premiere. I'm I'm so happy that Zaxby's is the answer here. I think it's the goal of this show to end up getting a sponsorship from Zaxby's at some point. Dude, I want a Zaxby's in Boston, man. Yeah, that's that's one hard thing about being in Cleveland now is there's there's not much fried chicken to choose from. There's a there's a Chick Fil A, but it's a little bit away from our apartment. But like you said, I drive there. Oh yeah, you drive for good fried chicken, man. I I swear it's uh, there's a Canes in Boston, but it's not like. I mean, it's not easily accessible, so it's down by BU. It's like very trafficy. Like it's just not like a. You, there's no drive-through, so it's like why why go? That's. Um, I gotta get out. Right. I gotta burn the calories that I'm about to put in my body. I can't do that. That's what I'm saying, man. It's uh, it was weird once I moved out here because in Missouri they have like even the Panda Expresses have drive-throughs in St. Louis, so it's uh, out here they don't. So it's a little little different. Um. All right, you're Georgia guy, but you're in Cleveland now. So if you had to, how long have you been in Ohio? This is off season number two. 
Okay. So you're still Georgia heart, but if you had to pick one food item from each state that you're like, that's my go-to, what would it be from both? Huh. I think at least like Georgia, <laughs> I have to stick with Zaxby's. Oh, I'm trying to think of right. like, I'm trying to think of something that's up here that is only up here. I have a very like, very general taste in food. So like, I don't branch out a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff that I don't like, or at least I, I won't let myself like, I won't try it. Um, I don't know what's up here that specifically there's a, there's a bagel place that is right down the street called Cleveland bagel. And it's like famous in Cleveland. And I had never been, and now we buy them by the dozen from there. And I mean, they're, you think you get regular bagels and y'all are in the Northeast though. So y'all might, y'all might trump my bagel uh, experience here, but I mean, they're, yeah, a little bit. they're pretty unbelievable. Well, this next question, and um, you might need to talk, you might need to lower the voice. So um, the fiance doesn't hear you, but well, well, if you see something behind to, me, let me know. I need to know your least favorite part about wedding planning. What was the worst task you had to do? Honestly, I got pretty lucky because I proposed right before baseball season. <laughs> oh, so, oh, that was smart. So it was smart and not smart at the same time because there was a lot of a lot of stressful phone calls. Like late at night, stressful phone calls. I think probably the only thing that I had to deal with was we spent a majority of the all-star break, like running errands and doing like, we went to the florist, we went and looked at everything. Like the all-star break, obviously being a time where you just want to like lay in bed and stare at the ceiling for four days. Um, but honestly, like, and kudos to Maddie, my fiance, she's been amazing with it, but like a lot of stressful phone calls that like, there was only so much I could do from Norfolk, Virginia. And she'd probably argue that I could have done a lot more. Um, <laughs> and, but just, I mean, the stressful phone calls sucked because it was like late at night, obviously after a baseball game, like trying to figure stuff out or trying to calm everybody down and, and get things done. But I honestly, I got lucky from an actually like doing a lot of stuff and I proposed February 3rd and left on like February 10th. <laughs> when's the, uh, when's the date? January 13th. Oh, wow. So it's coming up. Mine's, mine's in three weeks. Oh, nice. Congrats. So, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Actually, we're having it out in uh, Northampton. Nice. We're going to Tampa this weekend for one of my uh, Tiger teammates weddings. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be one? Who is AJ it? Ladwig. I don't know if y'all. The name Ever actually sounds kind of familiar. I'm not sure where. It's kind of a memorable last name, though. He was with the uh, the Tigers for like eight years in pro ball. He played with them for like three three of those in Toledo and Erie. What kind of advice does somebody like that give to you? Like, um, what like do they impart on you? It's like somebody that's been through it for that long. Well, so he was only like a year older than I was, so he didn't really specifically. But I don't know that there's even like. I don't know that you ever get word advice from a lot of guys. Mm. I think it's a lot of like, you just watch how guys go about things and like, you just kind of navigate your way through things by watching guys that have been there. Yeah. Like they're not that. going up to you and being like, well, let me tell you about this son. Like they're not doing that. Right. And like, I'm not going to walk up to Jackson holiday and tell him how to, act and this is just an example obviously because he's the young yeah. kid but like a guy a young guy that's in a clubhouse like that you just kind of navigate to guys that are similar to you or similar to like what you want to be and so like i don't know you just kind of migrate to the the ones you want to be like i guess that's how to say it i'm telling you ed it's it's been 45 minutes right now on here and I, I feel like this happened last time too, is like, I can talk to like, like 
Josh is such an easy guy to talk to, man. I can yeah. talk to this guy for like two hours. You are the single most relatable professional athlete I have ever met. <laughs> I do have a uh, I do have a Jackson Holiday story for you though. Um, yeah. All right, you I'm remind, ready for this. You reminded me of it when when you had random questions for me. Yeah. So we're getting ready to play Durham in the championship in the International League Championship, and I guess the. The last time that Norfolk won a championship was like 1985. And so nobody on our team was even like thought of at this point. But this news guy for one of the local places wanted to like do a trivia thing. So he asked us like, I was first. And he was like, I got three, four random questions for you. And like, like what was the top movie in 1985? Top musician, top like. I don't know, TV show, car sold, whatever. It was all about 1985, and I probably might have gotten one right. Actually, I don't even think I got one right. It was like, who's president? I missed that. The movie was, I think it was Back to the Future, and I didn't guess that. And there was like four or five questions that this guy asked. And so he went through like four or five guys on the team, and Jackson was last. And we were sitting in the locker room just hanging out, we told Jackson all the answers and we were like, look, you have like, this dude was born in 2003. Like you have to answer all of these. Right. So he went out there with all of our answers and answered all the questions. Right. <laughs> At the end. So like six, six dudes that are significantly closer to being born in 1985 had no answers. Right. <laughs> and the 19 year old kid went out there and answered everything right about 1985. That's wild. I'll tell you what, that that crew, just even watching you guys, like, were you part of the crew that was playing soccer in the outfield before every game oh, in Norfolk? No, those were the those were the pitchers for the most part. Because I noticed that. That was the only team I saw all year long that did that. I'm like, are you guys just like all this, like you just want to be on a soccer field right now. But Pitchers, um, uh, I always give pitchers a hard time because I got nothing else to do. I don't know. You're technically one of them now. You you have been a pitcher. That's true. I do have a zero ERA. That is a good stat, actually. Um, did you get I'm to keep the baseball? In, hoping it pays off in free agency. Did you keep the baseball? <laughs> so, funny story. No. <laughs> funny story. We kept a different baseball, and I'm going to act like it was that one. <laughs> so, so, when I so – there was somebody on base, right, and – Anthony Bimboom was catching and I'd been with him in AAA like the whole year already. And, and it was funny because like, I didn't think about it. I don't like never in my life had I imagined that I'd be in a situation that I needed to keep a ball that I struck out somebody with. Like never in my childhood was I like, man, it'd be really cool to pitch in the big leagues. I've grown up and I'm like, I don't want to pitch. I don't like pitchers. Like I'm trying to <laughs> not be good at pitching. I want people to be bad at pitching. And I, so he throws me the ball back. I didn't think of anything. First pitch to, I think it was Ford from Seattle. First pitch, foul ball into the stands. So we didn't even get a second chance to try to throw the ball out or anything. So some random fan in Baltimore got my first and only, hopefully, career strikeout in the big leagues. Oh, man. But I did I somehow get that ball back. Ball. I did keep a different ball and. It's authenticated. It doesn't say anything, but it's got the sticker. So I'm just going to write first strikeout on it. Close enough. It's it's symbolic. No one else will know. Yeah, exactly. Did, did you get to keep your first hit off of uh, Descalfani? Yeah. yeah, I got that. That's cool. All right. Yeah. That's the important first one. Hit, I'm going to get it. Uh, actually, our one of our wedding gifts from um, Maddie's aunt is going to be, I got the bat, the batting gloves, and the ball. They're going to get it all like glass boxed up for me. I love that. I just got the jerseys, actually. Here's my hair. Look at this. My pitching jersey. Oh, hell Ooh. yeah. I like those jerseys, too. Is that the City those Connect? Is... Yeah. Oh, man. I like those a lot. Which makes it even People more are going to start asking you if... Uh... Oh, sorry. I was up there in the City Connect black on black when I'm pitching, and it looks like a slow-pitch softball game. <laughs> I'm throwing 61 and black on black the first year that they've started these City Connects. 
people are going to start asking you if you're related to uh, John Lester. Oh, when I played in Cape Cod, it was every day a new person. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? I think like, about. No. I think I remember me and Chris made a tweet. I think when we dropped the interview last off season, and we put we put Josh Lester and somebody was like, you guys got John Lester on. I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's, it's a pretty common last name. Like, what are we doing? The uh, amount of times that I've gotten called John too. And I don't know, like if it's just people, that's the name that comes to their mind or they just like skim over the, the roster or whatever. And I mean, I guess there's an H and the only thing that's different is the S and the N, but not actual John Lester, pitcher John Lester. It was J-O-N, but I've gotten called John like on the intercom of a stadium probably once a week. That's wow. The funniest part is when they say John and they go, oh, Josh. <laughs> they correct themselves really quick. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's just uh... – that that city connect thing is cool, by the way. That jersey, that's uh, that's one of my it favorite jerseys I saw this yeah, year. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I think at I, the time that I pitched, it was, I think they'd worn them, or we wore them like three times, and all three times the we we couldn't win. We lost by like ten or more, and all three times we wore that jersey. And here I am just cleaning up the mess, the mess at the end of the game, and then the third time we've gotten blown out in the city connects. I'll tell you what, that's going to be a cool jersey to have framed. Um, I just I just moved into a new place in New Hampshire and an office, and I have nothing on the walls. So I might have to go on eBay and try to find myself a Josh Lester Mizzou jersey and get that framed oh, yeah. up there. That'll be the first one, man. That's I don't know what I have to do to get one of those. I don't even have one. I don't even know how you would, how I'd get one. You can get those. Good. You can get like these custom made, can't you? Like just like the put yeah. your name on the back of it. Well, no, no, mine's gonna be an authentic is, one. The thing too is that Mizzou, when I was there, we didn't have our name on any jersey, so it was just like, which that's how they kept them every year is they just didn't put your name on them, so they didn't have to take anything off or give them to you. All right, well, how about this? Whatever, whichever team you're on next, I'm gonna we're getting one and we're gonna put it up there. So there we go. All right, Josh. I mean, it's we're going, been we're going to Mizzou. November 11th, I think. Whatever weekend that Tennessee football game is, we're flying down. And uh, I might have to steal one of those 17 jerseys out of the closet. <laughs> then they'll blame it on whoever's number 17, and he'll get in trouble, and I'll be I'll be in the clear. I was going to say, I thought I knew 17. No, I knew back's 47, I think. Well, I don't know me, who it is and right then now. It was uh, Sycama right after me, and then Ooh. I – and then I didn't know who was 17. We had a pretty good run of 17 for, for six years in a Mizzou jersey between me and Sikama. Sikama is a good one, man. I reached out to him this year, and uh, he's a great guy. I uh, yeah. I like him he's and awesome. Plasmeyer are my favorite pitchers from, well, I guess Tanner as well. But Well, so but, um, Mike Plasmeyer's brother, Mitch, is the pitching coordinator for the Orioles in the minor leagues. So I saw him a bunch this year. Oh, damn. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Came from uh, – he actually coached at Mizzou for, I think, one full year before he got this this pitching coordinator job. I didn't know that. I uh, That's actually – I'm going to send uh, Mikey Plasmeyer a, a nice little message uh, for try to hit him up again because I met him when he was uh, – man, I felt so bad about Plasmeyer, by the way. I uh, – you know, he was pitching well at the beginning of the season, and then he comes into Worcester and he's starting a game. And I meet up with him on the on the field, just talking with him. And I think he was pitching on a on a Wednesday, and I was chatting with him on a Tuesday. And man, he had the worst outing of his of his uh, of his year. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I am like, I didn't even know what to say to him. I saw him like the next day after his outing, and I'm like, oh man, like uh, I should have gave you like a scouting report or something. Like I don't know, like. It was one of the games Bobby Dahlbeck hit like the longest home run in AAA this year. It was, it, the ball was flying that day. Uh, but then he obviously so dominated. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you're the bad luck. No, man, he it's talked, not. He talked not to it. you. He did bad. I talked to you. I got one hit and 
35 at bats. Come on, man. There's only a, a there's only a low amount. There's only a certain number of Mizzou guys that come through like That's Worcester. It, this past year, there was only three that came through. It was you, Plasmeyer, and Tanner Halk rehabbed, and Halk did pretty okay. So, yeah, um, I think it was We've got uh, a Mizzou guy in the minors here. Yeah, yeah Nathan that's what Landry. We were talking about it the other day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Landry's cool. I think it was uh, oh, no. Tyler Murray that that did it. He told me I was one of the only three people that hit a homer off uh, Bayo last year and got my got my head too big, and then I went one for a million. That's right. We're blaming that one on Murray because yeah. he hands down told you that stat. He's like, I have a graphic for whenever you're first at bat. Like there was only three hitters that hit a home run off of. Uh, off of Brian Bayo last year in AAA, and you were one of them. So um, yeah, he made me too confident. <laughs> well, Josh, I mean, it, I've, we've taken up fifty-five minutes of your time. I could probably talk for another hour. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's always been, it's always a pleasure, man. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where you end up, though, and uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be pulling for you. But we, uh, we appreciate coming on. Yeah, before this we leave, fun, how about? Uh, Seven and one Mizzou Tigers. I didn't want to get into it because I knew I was going to go on for like 10 minutes, but man, dude, we were wrong about Brady Cook. Holy cow. We were. I gave him um, some crap at the beginning of the year, but he's proved me wrong, and I'm, I'll happily eat my words in that in that case. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I know I even messaged you about that too. And I'm like, uh, do we like, do we, tr- I don't trust Brady Cook. You said you didn't either. That was like early in the year. And then look at us now. We're, we're fools, man. That's why Trust we're not coaching football. We're talking. We're talking about baseball, not football, and there's a reason <laughs> for it. Exactly. I I want. I will want your opinion in the spring after Mizzou baseball either gets off to a good start or bad start. But I'm going to give Carrick some time because I have heard a lot of good stuff about Carrick, and I am I think, very excited yeah, I about think him. It's, I think it's like any other coaching change. Um, you got to give him time to get some of his guys in there again. Yeah. And I don't know how long – usually you used to give them, like, two to three years because you had to actually, like, physically recruit the high school kids. Um, yeah. Hopefully maybe they can get some transfers and, and make that, like, transition period a couple years quicker. Um, but I have – I played for Carrick. He was the guy that recruited me. And so, like, I have all the faith in the world in, in this coaching staff to get it done. Yeah, Tanner said kind of the same thing when I asked him. Uh, you were kind of talking that you and Kyle Gibson were talking about it, but I Tanner was rehabbing in Worcester when uh, right after they hired him, and I kind of asked him. And he's like, you know, Carrick was one of the main reasons I went to Mizzou. Like he was, he was yeah. the guy there. So um, it was kind of funny. He got brought up again today. I was talking to Nizan Zanatello, who was from CBC in St. Louis. He was committed to Arkansas. I know Arkansas, but. Um, he was kind of saying that he was down to Arkansas and Memphis as his two because Carrick Jackson in Memphis. Yeah. Um, so I asked him, I was like, Hey, as a Mizzou guy or as a St. Louis guy, like, are you, were you even considering Mizzou? And he was like, no, but I was considering Memphis because of Carrick. So um, it's a small world, man. But I think that, I think that Carrick at least at the very least, he will get a lot more alumni support. Um, Nothing against Beezer. I liked Beezer when in my time that I went back and stuff. But it's always been a Mizzou thing to kind of hire Mizzou people, right? Like you go back a long time, like it was always Mizzou players that kind of became coaches and then became head coaches, and then they kind of just went away from that and brought in a coach Beezer who wasn't really a Mizzou person. And I think that that not that it rubbed the alumni the wrong way, but there weren't the connections that like Carrick and especially coach Jay, who's pitching coach now will have with some of those guys. I mean, he coached Scherzer and Gibson and all these dudes that are, I mean, Scherzer's going to be a hall of famer. So like he's got his hands on, on some pretty big names and some, and some, a big quantity of names as well. Yeah, I was, I was rooting for Ian Kinsler. Um, I was like, Oh, like, you know, Kinsler was involved in the coaching search and everything. And he's a former Red Sox too, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been cool to see them get involved. And like you said earlier, they called Kyle Gibson and Kinsler was involved. And, um, I don't know. I just, I find it cool, man. It's, yeah, I know that, uh, I thought Kinsler might've had a chance 
as the coach as well. And then when they said he was helping hire um, somebody, yeah. I was like, all right, that's probably not going to be him. But I don't know yeah. if he even if he even wants to do something like that. I think he's, if I remember right, he's got a daughter that was on a visit to Mizzou to play softball or soccer, I think, at one point. Um, I went to the golf tournament last year, and he was there kind of doing both. Went to the golf tournament, but I think his daughter was playing or trying to come to Mizzou on either softball or soccer. I couldn't remember if I if I have that correct. So he's yeah, a Mizzou guy. I don't know, man. Hopefully he's, hopefully he's around a lot. If his daughter ends up at Mizzou, maybe he can spend some time around the baseball guys and teach them a thing or two. They need it, man. They do. Um, but – I'm going to chat with you more with that off off air, but um, we're going to wrap up here. Ed looks like he's ready for his bedtime, I think. But Josh, yeah, it's, we, it's getting late here. <laughs> it's nine o'clock, man. But uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely, uh, like I said, once once you sign, man, I, I'm definitely going to be chatting with you again. Not maybe not via this, but you know, I'm going to definitely hit you up. But we're uh, we're rooting for you wherever you end up. Appreciate it. I appreciate.